Hello again, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Animation Fascination. This is episode 24 of the podcast. I'm Mark Fibbert, and with me again, as always, is Matt Quest. Hey, guys. And today, our guest host is Brian Sauer. Hello. And if you guys haven't listened to us before at all, uh, we focus on the entire world of animation. Each episode, we feature an animated series or film from the past or present. Whether it's traditionally hand-drawn, computer-generated, or stop-motion, if it's animated, it is up for discussion with us. So, without further ado, we're going to get into our our new releases this week. We didn't really have any. I did get Season 3, Part 2 of Angry Beavers on DVD, though. I want to talk about that really quick. Just And eventually, we're going to have to do a Nicktoons episode because of the girth of all the awesome animated series that Nickelodeon put out in the 90s. But this one was one of my favorites when back when it was on. This is the last volume of the show that just came out and I remember I really liked the Angry Beavers. I don't did you guys ever watch the Angry Beavers at all? I don't think I ever saw it. Uh it sounds interesting just from the title. Yeah, I remember the Angry Beavers. Uh it was it was pretty hilarious. What was the two uh beaver like the characters? Like yeah, uh Norbit and Daggett. Norbit and Daggett. I remember Daggett because that <laughs> just sounded like a hilarious name to me. Yeah. Uh and then uh, <laughs> So yeah, this this is the last DVD of that show, and then includes some of the favorite episodes: Creature Comforts, Das Boot, Practical Jerks, Euro Beavers, and Finger Looking Goofs. But there's some more episodes on there with like Muscular Beaver, which I always thought that was funny because it's like a spoof on superheroes and stuff like that. So yeah, if you liked the Angry Beavers when you were a little kid watching the Nicktoons, definitely check that out because Shout Factory's been putting these out, and Shout Factory's been it's pretty good for getting like these cult shows or rare shows that you watch when you're a kid and putting them out on DVDs for you to be able to purchase them and watch them for now until eternity. <laughs> so yeah, definitely. If you like angry beavers, go and check that out. So with that, we're going to get into our recommendations for the week. My recommendation for the week was the stop animation that someone did using there's this brand of toys called Hot Toys that are these really well sculpted toys that look almost exactly like the actors, in some instances exactly like the actors that played them in the films and TV shows that they were on. And they used these toys to make the short film called Batman Dark Nightfall, which uses um, Christian Bale's Batman, uh, Gary Oldman's uh, Commissioner Gordon, and then both Heath Ledger's Joker and Jack Nicholson's Joker, and actually Michael Keaton Batman is in there too. So it's it's a cool, it's a little trailer for their their film that they're putting together. But it's it's a cool little thing to see it done with the stop motion. They use Hans Zimmer's uh, music from Christopher Nolan's Batman trilogy. So if you've liked those films, definitely check this out, and I'll I put a link into our show notes. You can check that out too. Nice. That sounds awesome. Yeah, it was pre- it was pretty cool. I'm looking forward to watching the rest of it. It is kind of some of the animation is a little bit choppy because since they're new to doing stop motion, but uh, as you c- some shots are a little bit more smooth because you can see how they're kind of progressing. So it's cool to see them actually figure out how to do it a little bit better somewhere closer to the end of the thing. So it'll be cool to see the final product when it's done. Alright, so my recommendation for the week is going to be another video from uh, Vimeo. 
and it's called uh, Tatooine by Jeremy uh, Messersmith. It's a music video, but uh, what I really wanted to touch on with this music video is the stop motion uh, cutout animation, and that's done by uh, Eric Power. And you can look up his website at ericpowerup.net. And uh, this guy, he animates and directs, you know, music videos and short films. And he does his all stop motion with, uh, like, cardbo uh, cardboard cutouts that he does himself. So I, it's really cool to see. Um, one of my favorites is this uh, Tatooine. And my other favorite is, uh, the I think, Running with the Wolves is my other favorite, if you look it up on uh, Vimeo. And that's cool my recommendation for the week yeah I, I checked out the tattooing after you posted the link to it i thought it was cool i liked like if if anybody watched like we kind of talked about this last week when I, we were talking about the six days to air the south park thing if yeah you, i put that in my netflix queue as soon as i heard you guys talk about that i totally want to see that now and i think they've actually done more of those now if you go to the south park part of the county central site there's like they've done those for more episodes rather than just that one that's on netflix oh wow yeah so if you guys have seen that one, there's I think there's more on the website now. So you can there's it's almost like a little documentary series of, about the making of each episode of South Park now. So it'll be cool if in the next season of South Park they put on DVD and Blu-ray, they actually include that like as special features. That'd be a nice thing. Yeah, uh, that totally makes sense. I hope they do. Yeah. Uh, with, with that Tatooine short thing, I liked about it was that it's done in that same type of construction paper animation and i liked how it kind of briefly covers that original star wars trilogy yeah, yeah. With, with not like not entirely encompassing everything but it hits like the main notes basically of each of those first original films and i mm -hmm. liked that like that original song that they did with it too so i would be interested to check out more of what that guy has done as well yeah definitely look it up he has some pretty uh, creative style with the cardboard cutout yeah wow very nice. Yeah. Um, uh, my pick, um, I just picked an old series. I mean, it's sort of in keeping with the Hanna-Barbera theme. Um, it's one that I didn't know about, and I never saw. I, I mean, I've seen a ton of the shows in syndication since I was a kid, but this one slipped by me. Um, Warner Archive put it out. It's called Frankenstein Jr. and the Impossibles, and it's from 1966. Um, it's basically a segmented show because there's, like, the Frankenstein Jr. segment, which is... I got to say, very reminiscent of, well, it's kind of reminiscent, potentially an influence on something like the Iron Giant, where uh -huh. this kid and his dad, um, like he's a boy scientist, his name is Buzz Conroy, and then his dad's a professor, and they've built this this robot, Frankenstein, and he can fly and all this stuff. Um, it's also reminiscent of the title character in Gigantor. But anyway, so that's part of the show, and they sort of are stopping evil villains. It's got a sort of a... I don't know, the 60s cartoons have that always kind of have this underdog kind of feel to me, you know? Yeah, I don't yeah, know what it, yeah, yeah. It's sort of hokey, but I don't know. I still kind of like it. So that part is great. And then the second part of the show, um, actually, usually the first part of the show, usually it goes uh, an Impossibles segment, then Frankenstein Jr., and then Impossibles again. And the Impossibles are this trio of superheroes. There's Multi-Man, Fluid Man, and Coil Man. <laughs> <laughs> Multi-Man is really cool because he can just sort of make multiples of himself. And, you know, do a bunch of attack people or do a bunch of stuff that way. And then Fluid Man can, like, turn into any liquid, and um, it, it, that's pretty neat. And then Coil Man can literally turn into, like, a giant spring. Um, 
So I don't know. It's silly that they play. It almost always opens every episode with them as a they're like a rock trio. And so they're like playing some gig and then they get called away on some, uh, you know, crime thing. But I don't know. There's something about it. I just really was knocked out by it. Um, I definitely think that the Pixar folks have seen and are fans of. I don't know. There's not necessarily a direct line to the Incredibles or anything, but it just feels like, I don't know, like I, like I said, Brad Bird and some of these other guys might have been fans. Um, but it's a really fun show, and I, I started showing my little girl the show, and she got totally hooked on it, and especially the Frankenstein Jr. stuff, I think partially because she's a huge Iron Giant fan that is and was one of her favorite films. So um, anyway, that's from Warner Archive. Great little set, a couple discs. Uh, I, t- I totally recommend it. Cool, and that's and you can get that through like Warner Warner Brothers online store. Or... Yeah, you can get it there, and I'm pretty sure you can get most of the stuff through Warner Archive if you'd rather. You can go through Amazon, um, but Warner tends to have sales every now and again, especially on their their sets. Although those are a little fewer and far between, but you might wait for a sale where you can buy the set cheaper. But there's a lot of used versions on Amazon, which is sometimes how as much as I like to buy straight from Warner Brothers archives uh i sometimes buy the used stuff on amazon because it's cheaper cool well i'll have to check that out sounds like it'd be interesting to watch yeah i mean you you how old is your son no he's six and a half he'll be seven by the end of the year does he has he seen the incredibles yeah did he like it he liked the incredibles a lot okay i'm wondering you know maybe it's maybe it's a little dated but it might be something he'd really dig just a thought he'd probably just like it because of like that that superhero aspect to it too he'd probably think was cool yeah, it's a lot of fun. Cool. Cool, yeah. So those are our recommendations this week. Uh, so definitely check those out if you guys haven't seen those yet. Uh, there wasn't any new animated trailers this week. Uh, Brian, was there any trailers that we had talked about in the past that you wanted to kind of share your thoughts about, though, at all? Um, I th- I'm trying to think which ones. There's a lot of interesting stuff. You guys are always ahead of me as far as what you you know is on the radar. I guess the the Wreck-It Ralph stuff is the thing that interests me most because um, I'm a big old school arcade fan. I have old school arcade games in my house, and uh, so that kind of thing just totally um, is right up my alley. You know, I'm very excited, and it was very excited to to hear that the game is actually online. I haven't gotten a chance to try and play it yet. Yeah, but. there's an iPhone app for now too, which is pretty awesome so you can just play the fix it felix jr that's that's going right on the phone right after we're done here for sure (laughs) no that so that's the one that excites me the most i mean i think i'm not sure you i think i heard you guys talk about you know um this interesting movement that you know the brave and wreck it ralph almost being like you know wreck it ralph being more pixar and the brave being more traditional disney kind of a a role reversal kind of thing yeah did you weren't you guys saying that on the show at some point i I feel like i think that that might have been um is it kind of like um the rotoscopers? Yeah, that's that's what I was. They're kind. It's weird. The rotoscopers are kind of like our sister kind of uh, podcast because it's like they they're the two girls that do the animation oh. podcast, and we're the two guys that do the animation. I don't podcast. know that show. That's interesting. I've never heard that show, so I don't know. I thought I'd heard it on your show. I apologize. It, maybe it was too. We I mean we, we we've been talking about the Rec Ralph stuff for a while. Yeah, so. that's where I just remember you guys were the only show I listened to that really has talked about it. Um yeah, but and, I'm I couldn't be more excited about that movie. And uh, just to update too, I just saw on uh Twitter like recently that they added Bart onto the film as well from The Simpsons. So oh my <laughs> gosh. <laughs> wow. So it's gonna be pretty cool. 
definitely. Oh, and then actually, you can pre-order the the art of Wreck-It Ralph now on Amazon too. I saw that the other day. So, wow! It, if you like the, these art books, which I wish I could just start a collection of all these, but I'm like way way behind on the Chronicle books that they do the art of. Because I I found the art of Paranorman the other day, and I I really want to get that. Oh, that but, sounds awesome. But if Chronicle Chronicle books, if you're listening, we could we could promote <laughs> for you, yeah. and we would Matt and I would both. Greatly appreciate reading the books and then nice. talking about them for you. But yeah, uh, so yeah, if you check those out, if you guys haven't ever seen those, no, I haven't. Books, I gotta I... check those out. I gotta check. I, I oh, by the way, this is just slightly off topic, but I started watching Tron. Uh, I may have told you the, this on Twitter, Mark. We started watching Tron Uprising after I heard you guys yeah. talk about it a long time back, and I've been digging that show. I had gotten a little behind on it. And I just caught myself up a little bit i still am still a few episodes behind but i think we are too my son's been busy this summer but yeah it's been it's been a cool show though i'm really liking that show and i'm i might eventually try to get bruce boxleitner on the show nice oh that'd be awesome that would be cool to get Tron himself that would be pretty sweet yeah even elijah would be awesome too yeah oh yeah man i'd be like you're a video game kid number two and back to the future part two (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh, it's like a, it's like a children's toy or whatever. His line. You, you have to use hands? your hands. That's awesome. I forgot uh, about that. Yeah. Uh, so did you did you like the Frankenweenie trailer too? Um. Yeah. Absolutely. I'm a big fan of um the original. Um. You know, I had it on VHS forever. Um. Yeah. No, I'm very excited about that. That, that looks great. You know, I'll definitely be taking my son to that. Um. Maybe my little girl too. I don't know. She really likes Coraline and. Some other stuff like that. I don't know. Paranorman might be a little too freaky for her, but okay. uh, but, uh, but that looks pretty pretty awesome. Yeah, I was I was I think, kind of discussing this with somebody the other day. This film this year has had a ton of animated movies, so it'll be interesting to see what gets nominated at the Oscars this year. Cause, because so far this year, there's been the Pirates Band of Misfits. There's there's been Ice Age. There's been Brave. Madagascar three. Madagascar three. Oh. Uh, what else was there's 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 more at the beginning of the year. That's yeah, all. no, I'm trying. To, I took I no. Um, there's the um, Arietti. Uh, the, uh, yeah, Secret World Arietti. Yeah. Mhm. Yeah, a ton of stuff. You're right. And then the Paranorman's coming out. Hotel Transylvania is coming out. Frankenweenie's coming out. Wreck-It Ralph is coming out. Oh my God! Wow. So, oh, yeah, Rise gonna... of the Rise of the Guardians is coming out. <clears throat> oh, that's gonna be a good one. So, yeah. It'll, it'll be interesting. I think there'll at least be a, at least five animated films nominated for an Oscar this year, and, and not just three like there has been some of the years past. So. No, it's exciting stuff. I mean, I, I've been, I was, I've always been a big cartoon person, um, and since I was a kid, and now with my little girl, I've gotten she loves any like tons of animated stuff, yeah. um, and so I've sort of been reinvigorated with the animated. Like we own like. All the Pixar movies on Blu-ray, obviously, like most people do. But like, I'm just trying to find new and interesting stuff to show her. Like Miyazaki, she's really gotten into Miyazaki films and other stuff. Just because she's into the animation, it seems like a nice gateway into all this for me too. Because I hadn't been as familiar with some of Miyazaki's stuff, and it's been a great, you know, all yeah, around. We're big fans of Miyazaki. Yeah. He's amazing. I mean, he is just amazing. I need to watch more because still, I've, still the only two I've seen have been Ponyo and Arietti. So I'm I'm slacking. Those are Miyazaki's on my list of shame for stuff I haven't seen. There you, so. Lord, you gotta watch Howl's Moving Castle, okay? 
That's great. Watch that. Yeah, no, that that is amazing. I mean, obviously, you've got the 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 ones that got more notoriety, like Spirited Away and and Princess. Mm -hmm. Okay, which are great. But my little girl loves, loves, loves. Um, oh man, I can't believe I'm forgetting them now. Oh, my neighbor Totoro, and she loves uh Kiki's Delivery Service big time. Um, but she likes Ponyo too, and she also likes um. Damn, what's the other one we just watched? Oh, she kind of like Porco Rosso. I, I like that one. I think that's a really interesting movie with Michael Keaton as, as the, the as the American lead, I guess. Yeah, um, I, I always think it's interesting who they get for like the American voices for the films too. Yeah, it's it's really cool because he's kind of in a Batman kind of mode, awesome. and I just love Michael Keaton anyway. Like he's a guy that I just wish worked more. You see him pop up in something like Cars. Like yeah, other guys or wherever, anything he shows up in, I'm like, oh man, that guy's got to work more. That's yeah. so awesome. Anyway, uh, which, which we did delay the Batman episode next week, but kind of talking about Batman a little bit. I think what a cool thing that would have been Christopher Nolan to do. I know that you wanted to keep it like everybody in there. I heard that there's an Adam West cameo in the Dark Knight Rises. I didn't notice it, but I oh, think I missed it, that too. I think it would have been cool that. had Adam West, uh. Michael Keaton, Kevin Conroy, obviously from the animated series, at all had like cameos in it. I thought that would've been cool, but that didn't happen. Hopefully, maybe someone eventually just does like a documentary, kind of like they're doing that documentary about the Batmobile. Just do a documentary about Batman in general and have all the actors that have played him over the years. Yeah, that sounds like a great idea. I mean, I would totally check that out. I gotta say, speaking of blind spots, the Batman animated series is a blind spot for me, as ashamed as I am of that. Oh man. However, um, I was just talking to a coworker of mine, and just he was going on and on about it. And I, I've been meaning to see it forever, but I think we're gonna dive in with like, you know, Mask of the Phantasm, and then go into the series um, with my son. My son and I have been doing like a, a movie night for the past like six years, every Friday night, and um, we also do TV, different stuff. Uh, so I totally want to get him on board with that. Now seems the perfect time. We just took him to see Dark Knight Rises, and he loved it. And so it seems like a good time for animated Batman to, you know, become a thing in our house. Yeah. And I believe there's a new Batman animated series coming out later this year. Or maybe yeah, not this so year, but, but next year. Yeah. So There's so much out there for that. That's the other thing I think that kept me out a little bit was I was kind of overwhelmed. I was like, where do I even, you know, start? Yeah, if you're going to watch, definitely if you're going to watch any Batman animated series, I would definitely suggest Batman the animated series over all the other ones. Okay. That's, that's the one. They've got like four volumes of that right now, right? On yeah. DVD? Okay. Or, or they have the complete series box that available too. So. Oh, wow. But yeah, there's that. And then what's connected to that is the Batman Beyond show, which Kevin Conroy voiced uh, the, I remember that. Bruce Wayne in that still. And then if anybody watched Boy Meets World, which I'm assuming if you listen to our Jason Marsden's ep- episode that you have, because uh, Will Ferdell, who played Eric on Boy Meets World, did the voice of... Oh wow! Terry McGinnis, who takes over for Batman so in that funny. series, so that's a good series too, and it goes in that same that same universe as the Batman animated series. And then there's those the Justice League series they did uses Kevin Conroy again as Batman, and that's the same Batman from that universe too. So yeah, there's there's a wealth of Bruce Tim Batman stuff. So I would I would definitely say go with that first because that's that's that like pretty much the definitive animated Batman. Yeah, I think that's what I'm gonna start with, for sure. (laughs) 
yeah, uh, going from that, we're going to talk kind of a weird segue going into our, our news <laughs> for the week. And the first thing is Dream Week. Dream Weeks? Dream Weeks. Dreamworks? Yeah, Dreamworks. Dreamworks posted a first poster of its CG uh, hand-drawn blended film, which I'm excited about. I'm glad that there's more films that are going to be using hand-drawn mixed with CG coming out for their film called Me and My Shadow. And the poster looks kind of cool, and it gives you kind of a brief glimpse of how the film is going to be done, where the shadow is going to be the hand-drawn animated thing in the film, and then oh, that's cool. the, the human being itself will be CG. And the voices from the film are Josh Gad, Bill Hader, and Kate Hudson. So that looks like it should be pretty good. And yeah, so the official plot synopsis for the movie is basically that me and my shadow reveals that there's once a secret world of shadows and their human counterparts. Stan, the hero of our hero Shadow, yearns for a more exciting life, but happens to be stuck with Stanley Grubb, a timid guy with an extreme aversion to adventure. When a crime in the shadow world puts both of their lives in danger, Stan is forced to take control of Stanley. Wait, that doesn't make sense. Okay. <laughs> Wait, what? Yeah. Uh, uh, I'm pretty yeah. uh, excited about this film anyway, though, just because, like, the shadow, like, I like what I do at work is, you know, like, CG lighting, so for me, it's going to be interesting to see how they do this with, like, how they light this and, you know, how they portray the shadows on objects and stuff like that. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad to see DreamWorks do a film like this, too, and to be doing more original films. Like, I'm glad that they're not just doing a bunch of more sequels to Madagascar or... Or Kung, well, I mean, I'm glad there's going to be a new Kung Fu Panda, but I'm glad that they're also doing original films, too, so that it's not just the same characters over and over again. And I'm yeah. glad that this is kind of, you know, going off into a new direction where they're trying to blend both the hand-drawn animation with the CG animation. No, this is really exciting. I had, I had not heard of this until, you know, this episode. Um and I, I'm I, again because I'm just sometimes a little out of the loop, but it sounds really fascinating. I love that Bill Hader's a voice. Obviously, um, you know he was great in um, Meatballs, uh, Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs. Another they're going to be doing a sequel to that. Yeah, and that's a huge hit in my house as well. But um, but yeah, he's obviously great in that movie. And this this is another one we were talking about that sort of Pixar sensibility. Not to say that any good original idea is automatically <laughs> Pixar. But that's just like I said, that feels more Pixar to me than most of this the DreamWorks stuff. Right. Uh, you know, How to Train Your Dragon, I guess, could be another one that you might throw in there. Um, but and that's and that's another sequel I can't wait to see because that's that's another one of my my daughter's favorites. And I want to say there's people that worked on How to Train Your Dragon that had worked at Pixar previously, and they had just left looking for other places to work and. They wound up at DreamWorks, so that might be some reason why it feels like a Pixar sensibility to it. Just yeah. No, that's uh, great. I mean, I love, I like you say, I, I love that they're doing non sequels, you know, original yeah. stuff. It's great. And and then this film is actually coming out November thirteenth of next year, so two days early of my son turning eight, we can go go see that. <laughs> but yeah, that's that's one of our things that we're talking about this week. And then the next thing was is also DreamWorks, is that DreamWorks now has access to Casper, Voltron, Rocky and Bullwinkle, and more that they can do for their films. So they're they're already kind of doing Mr. Peabody. Well, they are doing Mr. Peabody and Sherman, which is was a brief snippet of like a 
short within the Rocky Bullwinkle series itself, which I'm excited about Rock Mr. Peabody and Sherman coming out. Who's doing the voice for Sherman? I know that isn't it um Colbert uh, doing Mr. Peabody? Uh I'm not That's what I heard. I, yeah. I don't know if that's right. I, I don't know if that's accurate, but I wanna but, say that's that's correct. And then Robert Downey Jr. is doing or no, I wanna say Robert Downey Jr. is doing Mr. Peabody. Oh, nice. Yeah, <laughs> and then Colbert's doing a voice in the movie, but I don't oh, think... Okay. Oh, you're right. You know what? That's right. It was like he was signed on as the voice cast. That's the announcement yeah. I saw. I'm sorry, yeah. Yeah, no, I saw the article on that as well, and that's what I was assuming. Yeah. But I'm, I'm, I'm excited to see that. And then actually, after I found out Mr. Peabody and Sherman is coming out, I, I had watched... My favorite film of all time is Back to the Future, and I noticed that there's a reference to Mr. Peabody and Sherman in Back to the Future... <laughs> old man peabody who owns oh my god I, why did i never make that connection that's so ridiculous who owns the twin pines his son's name is sherman oh dude because he, he calls his son sherman at one point i was like really that's awesome mr <laughs> back <laughs> to the future awesome. makes a mr peabody and sherman reference yeah it is so awesome. how did i not get that <laughs> but yeah i love mr peabody and sherman just because i love time travel so i'm glad to see i'll be glad to see this animated movie coming out but dreamworks getting this uh purchasing classic media which was a smaller company. Uh, they've they've they own Golden Books, the Golden Books Library. So maybe we'll even see like a Pokey the Puppy movie. I was just gonna say that as soon yeah. as you say that, that's what I think of. But yeah, so they'll have they'll have rights to Casper the Friendly Ghost, Where's Waldo, which <laughs> that'd be interesting to see a Waldo a Where's Waldo movie done. Uh, Lassie, Lone Ranger. Lassie. Although, see, that's that's where this is kind of weird how this mixes stuff up because. We know that Disney is is making a lone uh, live action Lone Ranger film. So now that they bought Classic Media, I'm assuming that means that they can only make animated Lone Ranger films. So I'm not sure how that works. Oh. And then I know that original Rocky of Bullwinkle movie that came out way back. You know, with the CG animation mixed with the live action. I want to say that was a Warner Brothers movie. So it, it'll be kind of interesting to see this because they also have George of the Jungle. And then Voltron and Rocky Bullwinkle, like we said. So it'll be interesting to see kind of like what they do with owning these properties now. And that the other interesting thing about this is that means they also own the rights to everybody's favorite Christmas classics, Frosty the Snowman, oh. Rudolph the Red-Nosed oh. Reindeer, and Santa Claus is coming to town now too. So it'll be interesting to see maybe if, if they try remaking those movies as CG films. I don't know if, if they will. I mean, maybe they will. I'm sure they'll, they'll want to. There a little bit of controversy in that. Yeah. But I don't know. We'll see what happens. Yeah, there always is. But, yeah, I think you're right that they they may go CG with it. It seems like, you know, they don't. That's the thing about the studios. People get upset, and I do too, but they don't care. They just don't care <laughs> what people. They're just like, this is, a, this is a property we can make money off of. We could care less what you think. That's my take on the studio's take. You know, I don't know that that's true, but yeah. I think people are always like, well, but you can't remake something that was so great. And I agree with that, but at the same time, that's totally not the point of view they're coming from in that. They're just like, here's a property we just bought. Well, we spent money on it. We're You're gonna, not going to just it. waste the money. Yeah, we that's don't care. Like, Nobody remembers the other thing anyway, really. That's yeah. what I think they think. It's like the corporate machine, and it's like all the new generations, like they don't see those old films, and they think like those, the new ones that come out are the originals. And we got to, yeah. 
we got to touch base with them and be like, no, that wasn't the original. <laughs> this isn't the no, original. And that's the thing, and I that's and that's why I can see why people get upset because I'm definitely a guy that likes, like you guys, likes a lot of the originals, quote unquote, a lot of the things that these that are being remade, rebooted, and what have you now. And yeah. I always hope, and I'm probably too optimistic, but I always hope that people will go back and look at, you know, previous incarnations. I don't know if that's happening. I know it happens in my house. Um, you know, when, when a new thing comes out, I use it as an excuse to launch my son or my daughter into the old thing, you know, but yeah. I don't know that everybody does that. And that's not necessarily saying like rebate, re, uh, rebates, rebates are good. Uh, <laughs> rebates are great. <laughs> remakes and reboots are a bad thing because. Yeah, I, I agree. Because sometimes they're even better than the original thing. Mm -hmm. And then also that brings up awareness for the original things again, too. So that gets the word out about the original things, and then maybe people that never heard of, like, say, like I hadn't heard of the Frankenstein and the Impossible show that you're talking about. So maybe, like, say, had they made a film for that, I would, I would have gone back and watched like that original now, yeah. not have knowing, knowing, wow, <laughs> not have knowing about it before. So it's good. Sometimes I think it is good for this stuff to come out as long as there's somebody letting you know that there was an original and this isn't the first time this thing is coming out. That's completely original of itself yeah no i agree with that i agree I, I think it's all somewhat positive in general because i feel like um people tend to forget things really quickly um and and so even something like like a reboot which gets whatever it's being rebooted or remade in back into the public consciousness the conversation again is great even when stuff comes out on blu-ray i notice you know, yeah. suddenly people are like, oh, you know, I'm going to show my, you know, my children this and that. And I, so that stuff is great for me because catalog titles coming out again and reboots happening really pushes that as much as it can pushes that awareness. And I think that's a great thing, you know? which, which that is another good kind of thing about sometimes there's a good thing about the, that uh, that corporate machine, because then like when stuff like this comes out they'll be like oh we can make money off of re-releasing exactly the original on dvd so you're like oh cool i can buy that now finally yeah no yeah. and that is great and i certainly salute that and look forward to that so i, I so like i said i'm not totally anti reboot and remake but i think sometimes the idea that the quality of the original thing is a factor for the studios is just not the right yeah. approach it's just not how they think i don't think yeah but but uh, oh, and this article that that I'm getting this info from from on Slash Films also says that even though Disney is making that live action Lone Ranger film, and some other properties may have to first finish deals that they previously set up with that studio. So if anybody had already had a film in development with any of these characters, they can still make that. And then once that's done, then all of those rights revert back to DreamWorks now to pursue their animated films with that with the, they've not purchased it'll be interesting to maybe see if they do a voltron movie too because remaking and putting out 80s cartoons has kind of been a big thing with like the new thundercats show and other things like that so i'm as, i bet we'll see a voltron movie within like the next three to four years coming out from dreamworks for sure i mean you know i know that it's not part of this group but i really want to see a new mask movie um, because Mask was one of my. I actually remember Voltron and Mask being on really close together in syndication when I was a kid, and I didn't watch Voltron as much, but I loved the heck out of Mask, and uh, I would love to see a new Mask series and or a new <laughs> Mask movie. I bought the speaking of Shout Factory from before, I bought their set of Mask cartoons they put out. Um, but uh, I, I need more. 
And just to clarify for everybody, we're not talking about the mask animated series based yes. on the Jim Carrey movie. We're talking about the, the Mobile Arbored Strike Command sorry. mask. That one. Yes. <laughs> anyway, sorry. Yeah. So the next thing on our, our news list is that they've actually pushed up the release date for Monsters Inc. The 3D re-release of that film. It was going to be coming out January 18th of next year, but now it's going to come out December 19th of this year. So pretty much about three months after the Nemo 3D film hits theaters, we're going to be getting Monsters in 3D. So I'm, I'm pretty sure, like I, I said to you guys a little while ago, that we'll get a 3D trailer to Monsters in front of Nemo. So they'll they'll start probably pushing the advertising for that pretty much around the time Nemo comes out, I'm assuming. And I think it's kind of interesting that they pushed it up a month so it kind of moves it farther away from the Monsters University release coming out next June. So I think that's not a bad idea, though, because it's a yeah. Christmas thing, and um, I think that momentum will definitely carry to the summer, you know? I mean, yeah. I, I know that... Sorry. Go ahead. Well, I was going to say, I know a lot of people, like, the three of us go to movies all the time, but I feel like there is this market of people that just go on the holidays, and I think if you put your trailers and, and your movie releases that affect other releases near a holiday i think it just it just gets that many more people's attention you know right. and so then that's a good idea that nemo the 3d nemo will come out on blu-ray on december 4th so it'll be like two weeks after that too so nice and then i don't know if you heard that episode but that's also when they're going to release volume two of the pixar shorts on blu-rays december 4th so oh excited sweet. about that too that is so awesome i'm ho and seg this is actually a good segue this time is that that I'm hoping that the Toy Story tunes that they've done so far, the two, will be on that. If not, though, they are now available on iTunes to buy. They're not in HD though, which kind of sucks. Oh. I, uh, because you can you can buy. I don't know if I've talked about this before, but you can buy the Tangled Ever After short that they did. Uh, that is on iTunes. That's not in HD, but it still looks good, but not as as good as if it was in HD. But then they also put Toy Story tunes, Small Fry, and Hawaiian Vacation on iTunes to buy now. Hawaiian Vacation was on the Toy Story 3 Blu-ray, but Small Fry was in front of the Muppets when that was in theaters, and then it wasn't on the Blu-ray when it came out. So Wait, it is, which one was that? Was that the one with the um the, the, the like the like the kids' toy essentially oh, of Buzz? Uh, that was, yeah, that one was fantastic. It was so good. And the the nice. A random shout out to uh, off center field uh, Disney character of Condor Man from way back. There's that a... was I love Condor Man. I have a I have the British quad poster for Condor Man in my my office at work. <laughs> it's not a good movie, but it's one I saw as a kid. And so yeah, I totally thought that was just. The, I was like, is that toy real? I need to get that toy. <laughs> I'm surprised that they didn't put all those toys out afterwards because they did release the Hawaiian Vacation versions of like the the main characters so i'm I'm sure eventually those are going to get put out i hope so because we'll that's a, i don't even buy that many toys but that's a set of them that i would have picked up they would yeah. have my money yeah for sure but yeah so that's our news for this week and with that we're finally going to get into our, our main topic of the show roughly an hour into the episode <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Sorry, but, I'm a little chatty. That's all right. <laughs> uh, so yeah, we're gonna get the Hanna Barbera history. 
everyone, especially growing up with the Hanna-Barbera cartoons in one way or another, there's Huckleberry Hound, uh, Quick Draw McGraw, Flintstones. Everybody knows who the Flintstones are. Tom uh, and Jerry was one of their big yeah. starter ones. Tom and Jerry, Yogi, Yogi Bear. Oh, yeah. Top Cat, the Jetsons, McGilla Gorilla, Johnny Quest. Oh, yeah. Johnny so Quest. Good. So good. Space Ghost. Not to be confused with Space Ghost. <laughs> coast, coast to coast. Coast to coast. Yeah. Uh, which, although that that show is good to introduce people to the original Space Coast. I agree. Uh, Wacky okay. Races, which I remember that because I thought that was cool how they had all the different characters from these different shows in Wacky Races. Yeah, same thing with Laugh Olympics later. Oh, uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, then Scooby-Doo, where are you? Everybody knows who Scooby-Doo is, too. And then the Smurfs. Yeah, I mean, pretty much all of these have had uh, an animated film or a live-action film counterpart to them in the past 15 years or so except for a few of these but yeah so we're going to kind of roughly and briefly go over the history of Hanna-Barbera which was an animation studio that dominated North American television animation for nearly basically 30 years from the mid from basically the mid late 20th century and it was formed in 1957 by former MGM animation directors William Hanna and Joseph Barbera and live-action director George Sidney, but he wasn't cool enough to get his name <laughs> in the partnership. Poor guy. <laughs> yeah, cause I guess Hanna-Barbera Sidney wouldn't sound that cool. Yeah. But, oh well. Uh, but their partnership began with HB Enterprises then, and then their first short films were the Tom, Tom and Jerry series. And then from there, they had all the ones that I just listed off from like the 1980s and 60s and 70s and then in 1991 they were actually purchased by uh, the Turner Broadcasting System so and they were re-aired like all the old cartoons and you guys may know this network as Cartoon Network yes, indeed. which yep. now doesn't which is kind of become like MTV and where MTV used to play just all music videos and Cartoon Network used to be just all cartoons and now I think it's weird when I watch Cartoon Network and there's like they have those live action shows on there, like yeah. like the destroy, build, destroy, and dude, what would happen? I don't get why those aren't Cartoon Network. Yeah, no, I mean I like, I mean obviously in, in keeping with this conversation, Boomerang is still pretty, yeah, pretty great for that because they do do still run a lot of the old stuff that's not available on DVD sometimes and whatnot. But yeah, it is kind of a bummer that that that's gone that way. And I think that's almost like why they, the same reason like they made MTV Two is like okay. This channel is now the music video channel, but then I think I've heard now like MTV2 is basically has all their reality shows on it, and they've made it MTV3 or something like that. Oh my gosh! Oh, so MTV3 now has all the music. <laughs> I have not watched any inclin in uh, sorry incarnation of MTV in at least fifteen years. Yeah, I don't think I've. I think uh, yeah, I the only thing I've ever watched is I've downloaded maybe the, the movie awards and watched that. But I don't think I might even watch that anymore because the past few years it's just been Twilight and Hunger Games that have won all the awards. <laughs> Which is, oh, um, yeah. And they don't and they don't do those cool little parody videos that they used to do, like to open up, like they they did one for Batman Begins and like episode three of Star Wars, and they don't do those anymore. So it's not even like that. That was the main reason why I did keep watching. Now oh, they're yeah. going to do those, so there's not I mean, really a reason to watch it anymore. They did. I remember. I have. I think it's on the Rushmore DVD. They have the Criterion, the MTV. Um, are you guys fans of Rushmore? Just out of curiosity. That is 
the one and only Wes Anderson film that I haven't seen. Okay. <laughs> well, there's a bit where he does the main character does different plays uh, about certain movies, and he, and they made three segments, I think, for the MTV Movie Awards, where they did the play, on-stage versions of like ar- nominated movies, like Armageddon and a couple others, and they're really funny. They're really funny. So yeah, that kind of stuff. It's really too bad that that's gone away. But yeah. anyway, not to get too sidetracked. Yeah. Uh, and then like this is some of the stuff I remember a lot from when I was a kid was that they did the cartoon cartoons, which was Dexter's laboratory, which I liked Dexter's laboratory oh, a lot. Yeah. Good stuff. And, and then now actually that I watched Dexter T Fury a while back did a shirt called Mr. Morgan's laboratory, which <laughs> it, it's, it's Dexter from Dexter's laboratory as Dexter from Dexter. So I almost what? bought that for my wife. Yeah. I almost, my wife loves Dexter. And I almost bought that shirt for my wife just because she loves it so much. You can still find uh, they made iPhone wallpapers for it online. So if you if you <laughs> Google search Mr. Oh. Morgan's Laboratory, you'll be able to find it. That's great. Check that awesome. out. That's pretty cool. Yeah, and then there was Johnny Bravo, which they were going to make a live action film of that for a while. I remember hearing about where The Rock was going to play Johnny Bravo, which <laughs> I think that ended up just getting shelved. I don't know what happened to that. Well, that would have been fun. I'd see that, you know, more than I'd see Tooth Fairy 2 or whatever he's been doing. Oh, they did do Tooth Fairy 2, and that was Larry the Cable Guy. Yeah. Oh, that's right. I'm sorry. He wasn't. (laughs) I'm glad that you know that, Mark. I I don't know why I know that, but. (laughs) No, no, that's that's cool. cool. Uh, And then there was Cow and Chicken, which uh, mom had a chicken, mom had a cow. Dad was proud, and he didn't care how. (laughs) Oh, that's that's ridiculous. Which, the the whole premise of that show, you have to think about it, is kind of. Weird. That's all right. Yeah, and that's kind of like in the same aspect as, you know, um, like that rough kind of animation like Ren and Snippy was and Rocco and all stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And, and kind of like that same kind of animation that were like kids are watching it, but they're not really getting a lot of the jokes. Yeah. Because Cow and Chicken, I think more of any of those had a lot of jokes like that. And I want to say the guys that did that also did I Am Weasel. Remember that? I never saw that one. I so, I sort of remember I Am Weasel because it kind of followed Cow and Chicken, didn't it? Yeah, I think it. I think it might have been a spinoff. But yeah, then and then there was the Powerpuff Girls, which yeah, yeah uh, <laughs> a person I relationship with in high school that was their favorite cartoon. I, I remember seeing the animated film of that in theaters. But uh, Powerpuff Girls is good for the fact that it had Tara Strong on it, and if anyone is a fan of animation in general, you've heard Tara Strong in one form or another in the past 15 years or so in different shows. Because she was Bubbles on that show, and then she was the younger version of Ben 10 on the original Ben 10 animated series. She was Timmy Turner on the Fairly Odd Parents, Batgirl on the Batman the Animated Series like we were talking about earlier. And then she, yeah, she's been on everything. And if you guys like Tara Strong, sorry to go off in the segue, uh, Kevin Smith does a podcast called Batman on Batman. There's an episode where he did where he interviewed Tara Strong. So if you like her, check that out. And eventually we're going to try to get her on the show too. But, yeah. Um, just real briefly in keeping with that, I recently heard uh, one of the podcasts I love to listen to and I have been listening to for a while is The Business. KCRW is The Business. And they had a great interview with three voice actors um uh i'm just looking up the names rob paulson robbie wrist who was uh cousin oliver on uh, the brady bunch by the way 
Um, and this other woman, Laura J. Miller. And I guess these guys have, are just veterans of, you know, old old and new animated series. And it was really interesting to hear them talk about their craft. You know, I've always been fascinated by the craft of voice acting. And uh, so I, people should definitely go check out that episode. It's just called The World of Voice Acting at KCRW um, Podcast, uh, The Business. But um, really neat stuff. I always am curious how and who gets involved with it and how some of these people, obviously it's a job you can do for a really long time. So you, you, you just hear these same voices. Like I was just watching um, my little girls into Scooby-Doo and I guess Frank, I think his name's Frank Welkner. I'm, I'm going to mess that up now. The guy that did the voice for uh, Fred has been doing that voice since like 1969 to present day. And I just think that's amazing. That's so neat. You know, anyway, sorry. Oh, well, kind of going off Scooby-Doo is that, Matthew Lillard make it, made a good career choice in playing Shaggy in the, the live-action movies because he's now been doing the voice for Shaggy and pretty oh, much... Oh, is that him? Oh, interesting. I think he's doing the voice on the new animated series, and then he did it on some of the past uh, trade-to-DVD films that they did, too. So kind of cool that he got basically more work out of... He went transitioned from playing the live-action version back to doing the animated character, so that's cool, too. Yeah, I mean, he's he was. I mean, I gotta say, his characterization, his voice characterization, especially on in the movie, was pretty pretty awesome. You know, and that, he, definitely uh, one of the best things about that piece of crap. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, kind of go, go from there. Let's kind of briefly cover the decades of Hanna Barbera, and yeah, we'll kind of spot check the ones that we we liked the, the ones the most out of each of those. Uh, Sounds s- good. Starting with the 1940s was Tom and Jerry which we've talked about that a little bit before, but <clears throat> everybody knows Tom and Jerry. Yeah, they're good. I mean, I that's a I want to maybe it's eventually get that Blu-ray set that just came out, I think, recently. Um, uh, but yeah, they're, I think my wife has some reservations about um, both Looney Tunes, which is one of my favorite things in the world, and as far as cartoons go, and Tom and Jerry because of the violence, which is yeah. weird because there's a lot of violence everywhere and everything, you know, unfortunately, but, um, yeah. And in so those, I, I it's have... a lot more cartoony than it is in like I some agree. of the, the newer cartoons. I agree. It's just one of those things where I'm, I'm just not gonna, you know, there, there's plenty of other stuff to show her. So it's not like I'm dying to show her Tom and Jerry, but I think she would like it, but yeah, it's definitely a show that I liked. And I always found interesting that there was very little dialogue and, and, and that stuff. So that, that's kind of cool. Yeah. It's, it's cool that it's lived on. Or seventy plus years too. Yeah, that's amazing. Or, or it's still on TV now, and they're doing new episodes of it. And we talked about it in a, a past episode the the film that they did, where they had Tom and Jerry talk in that. And yeah. that was an interesting idea to do that. But then it was kind of nice to have them go back to what they're good at being. Uh, but yeah, then nineteen fifties. We might not talk about all these. I'm going to list them off, though. That they had the Rough and Ready show, Huckleberry Hound. Everybody knows Huckleberry Hound, too. Quick yeah, that, I think that had a bunch of different characters on. I think you had your Yogi Bear, and you had your some other... I mean, besides Huckleberry, you had some other characters in that show that they obviously was, spun off. Wasn't Snagglepuss in that show? I think so. I think so, yes. Love Snagglepuss. Like the stage flat. Exactly. <laughs> uh, and possibly the first uh, gay c- cartoon. That's very true. That's very true. Uh, and then there's Quick Draw McGraw show, which I remember that, and I always thought he was just basically another version of um, Speedy Gonzalez <laughs> yeah. when I was younger. 
Interesting. Uh, and then there's a loop-de-loop, which I've never heard of that. never seen that one either. And then the 60s, this is going to be the greatest hits that everyone's heard of. Cause it's, yeah. This would probably be Hanna-Barbera's like, golden era. Yeah. Because there's a ton that they put out in the 60s, too. Uh, there's the Flintstones. You know, I was just reading on that that they that was one of the first prime time, you know, animated series, and it ran for six years, and that was not beaten until The Simpsons in 1996. So thirty oh, plus years they they reigned supreme as far as the number of seasons in prime time, which is pretty pretty awesome, you know, considering. And, and there's been so many spinoffs of that show too. Yeah. Which I'm, I'm yeah. sure they're farther down that list of what we get to them, but yeah, Flintstones is classic. And I always thought it was funny about the animation in that, though, is that uh, Fred and Betty have the same type of eyes, and then Wilma and Barney have the same type of eyes. You know, like how they both have just, like, the circles? Oh, yeah. So I wonder, I what, that, yeah. I wonder what the choice was with that. I mean, it's not that big of a deal, but it's, like, an interesting artistic choice, I guess. But And then, yeah, they, they've done two live-action films for them, and then... At, one point in the past year, so Seth MacFarlane had talked about doing his own version of the Flintstones and reviving oh my. that. Oh but my. <laughs> that would be on Fox. But I think that that has died for the time being. But it, he might be doing that. But yeah, if you've if Family Guy's had a few little, you know, they do their flashbacks in the show where they've referenced the Flintstones and that. So it should be interesting to see if they do do an update of that at all. We might be talking about it in a year from now. Who knows? Yeah. And obviously everybody remembers the Flintstones vitamins from when they were kids. Too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Still take them. Yeah. <laughs> Probably one of the, the first. Uh, have, how long have those existed? Because that might be like they, one of the first. They've turned into gummies now. They're oh, yeah. Now from the hard, they're the Flintstones gummies. So. Yeah. Yeah. so that might be like one of the first like cross branding, like putting things out from a show. But. And I remember when I was in college too that we watched this one thing in a film class where they had uh, Fred and Barney promoting a certain brand of cigarettes too. Oh jeez. I don't know That's if you, I don't know if you can still find it on YouTube, but if I'm sure if, it's out there. Yeah, if you just Google search Fred and Barney promote, I don't I don't remember. What, I think it might have been like I want to say Lucky Strip, but I think that's that's fake. I think Lucky Strip is just from Mad Men. <laughs> No, I think those are real. Are they real? Okay. I think so. I, I could be wrong. But I think that that was the brand that they're... That's... Wow. I gotta find that. That's but pretty yeah, funny. If you can find that, it's funny because it's just kind of funny to hear those two talking about smoking. And then obviously that got banned <laughs> from, like, like what they would... Nowadays, that would like never happen for something like that. Uh, but then there's the Yogi Bear show. Everybody knows Yogi Bear. Hey, boo boo, I'm gonna get some picnic <laughs> biscuits. Which, and then the movie that came out for that, I have to at least give Justin Timberlake credit for his <laughs> his, his boo boo voice because his, his boo boo voice in that film sounded almost like if I cl- close my eyes, I would think that it was the same voice actor from no, was... yeah, the Yogi Bear show. It was pretty good. I gotta say, the movie's not, but the, yeah. he, he, the movie's he not was... good, but. The, his the voice at voice at, yeah and then that have you the, ever seen the viral video of that of the the yogi bear movie no i don't think so 
We'll have to send you a link to it. It's it's pretty hilarious. It's like the animators <laughs> made a spinoff and it went viral over the internet before the movie came out. And I, yeah. I actually like that better than the movie. I'm sure I'm sure it wouldn't take much, so I'm excited to see that. That's it's, cool. It's called the assassination of Yogi the Bear by the coward Boo Boo. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I need yeah. to see that. So we'll, ch- we'll send that to you. And we'll, we'll post it again if people had, hadn't seen it yet. Uh, there's Top Cat, which I believe they just did like another CG animated film for that recently i think that was a pretty big hit for them i think that was a pretty big one yeah not as big as the flintstones yogi bear and some of these others we're going to talk about but that seems to be one that a lot of people remember i didn't that wasn't in the particular circulation of syndicated packaging that i was a part of in the midwest when i was younger but a lot of people remember top cat yeah i think i remember top cat a a little bit but then my my three cat cartoons i remember from when i was a kid are that uh, Garfield, and then obviously Heathcliff. Yeah, Heathcliff. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then from that, we're going to go into the extremely unsafe future of the Jetsons, which was supposed to have happened 12 years ago, because apparently that movie takes place in the year 2000. <laughs> wow. <laughs> or did I say movie? The, the series. But yeah, Matt and I think talked about this a little bit before, like of how unsafe that future is with like treadmills outside without railings on them. Yeah, <laughs> no, you're right. There's a lot of there's a lot of people hanging out of at very high altitudes. If there's an earthquake, isn't your house just gonna like fall over because it's on that big spindle of a thing? No, is the are the houses floating or are they? They're on actually, like these huge like spindle things that are like stuck into to the ground that you have no idea how far down it is. Okay, that's uh, cool. And then that's you're assuming that's a post-apocalyptic world then too, because <coughs> why are they living so high up in the sky? <laughs> yeah, no, no, that's is there like nuclear fallout below. And... <laughs> <clears throat> could be, could be. Yeah, no, there's a lot, there's a lot of dangerous stuff there that I'm sure you know the the legal departments of certain studios would have a field day with. Oh, we yeah. can't do that. I'm surprised there actually hasn't been a live action Jetsons yet, but I'm sure they've tried to do that, or there's been one in development at one point or another. So I'm sure there is right now. I'm sure it's yeah. being worked on. And yeah, but that's another classic one that I remember from when I was a kid, and we'll be getting it to it later down on on this. But I, I think my favorite thing of the Jetsons and the Flintstones when I was a kid was the Flintstones meet the Jetsons. That was cool. That was that was a cool like crossover that they did. Yeah. Uh, and then the next thing is Wally Gator. I never actually I never saw this. Did either of you guys see Wally Gator? I saw him as part of one of the other packages, like one of the other shows. Right. You know, but I never I don't think I saw his show per se. Yeah, because I think a lot of their characters cr- crossed <laughs> over in a other series that they did too. Yeah. Yeah. Because from that the Magilla Gorilla show, I want to say Magilla Gorilla was um, another series that they did too but i don't remember exactly what that one was but it seems like a josie and the pussycats all right now i'm thinking of a different one that one with the shark jabberjaw yeah jabberjaw yeah that's was that, was that, that falls into, yeah yeah okay. that falls into the the category of scooby-doo knockoffs yeah which there are many which i think is fascinating because they're knocking off themselves yeah and that's it's what's really interesting to me is this sort of trend of i mean i guess it's like hollywood's been doing it forever is this idea of, well, X was successful. Let's redo that, but to put a little different, you know? Uh, so, I don't know. I, but it's really neat to me to see because I saw all that stuff, and I didn't really catch the parallels as much when I was a kid. But in revisiting a lot of this stuff now, it's crazy how you're like, wow, this is just like Scooby-Doo, you know? And, and then Justin the Pussycats fits into that, too. Uh, yeah, absolutely, totally. That's one. And then, obviously, anyway, we'll get that's of the 70s stuff, but... 
the Peter Potamus show. I never never heard of that. Uh, never heard of that. No. But uh, this one was in my favorites, and obviously one of Matt's. Uh, <laughs> Johnny Quest. It's hey. a great show. And Matt, contrary, is that... <laughs> contrary to popular belief, it wasn't a desire to watch the whole series of that. But you're related to Johnny Quest. <laughs> there, There is a Johnny Quest somewhere in the world. I don't know where he is, but he's like a cousin or something somewhere. Yeah. And uh, Johnny Quest is classic, too. Uh, they did a, a updated series, I think, in the 90s. It was like the new adventures of Johnny Quest. Yeah. But uh, there's Haji in there. Haji's awesome. Some, yeah, some no, it, it had one of the best. And I, I mean, I've loved, and I think because I watched so much TV as a kid, the, the theme songs to many shows, especially cartoons, are just pounded into my brain. But that theme song is one of, still one of the coolest <laughs> uh, pieces of music that sets a great tone for the show right off the there's like booming drums and this sense of danger and the way that it, it's cut the way you know it's just very like oh my gosh this is almost frightening for me as a kid it was just really well done so yeah. i love that yeah i loved johnny quest when i was a kid i don't think i've ever actually seen the entire series of that though i don't know if i've seen the whole thing either that's one i've always i've seen enough of it that i yeah. never bought it but i should probably right. i started like, to show my son at one yeah. point I, I think at one point, I think they're developing a movie for that too. And sure, and again, sure. The Rock was talked <laughs> the about. The Rock to, is going to be in it again. Was, I think he was going to, uh, not Johnny Quest's Did dad. Race Bannon or something like that? Yeah, they're, um, Makes sense. With their, with, was it bodyguard? Like their, yeah, their bodyguard. Which, <laughs> why did they need a bodyguard? But, and then I think at one point, Zach Efron was supposed to be Johnny Quest in that too. That could work, I guess. I'm not yeah. a fan of that choice, but that could work. I'd rather see like maybe like Logan Lerman from uh, Percy Jackson. Oh yeah, no, that'd be good. I think he could work as Johnny Quest, just dyes hair blonde. Absolutely. Uh, but then there there was the theatrical film feature film Hey There, It's Yogi Bear, came out in 1964, which I've never seen that either. No, me neither. Either. Hmm. <laughs> okay. Um. Then there's Adam Ant. I remember Adam Ant. I don't think I ever saw any episodes, but I remember the character, and I think I've seen him on maybe other shows that they did. And then Secret Squirrel show, which seems like a knockoff of Rocky from yeah, Rocky and Bullwinkle. Kind of was. I, I I like Secret Squirrel, but again, that all these things blend together because they I saw them as part of syndicated packages, and yeah. um, so I don't know where I saw it, but Secret Squirrel was okay. Yeah, I'd buy that probably if it came out. Uh, and Space Ghost. Great. Man, Space Ghost is pretty awesome, and then I didn't, I didn't ever really watch Space Ghost Coast to Coast because I didn't, I don't know, I didn't, I don't think I really got the humor of it when I was watching it. <laughs> I think that's kind of what, what started off Adult Swim on Cartoon Network, though. Yeah, it was one of the. I feel like that was one of the flagship things. Uh, and then there was the Man Called Flintstone, which was a 1966 theatrical feature film that they did. It's not bad. And there was Birdman and the Galaxy Trio, which. I remember they did an updated cartoon on Adult Swim now too. That was Harvey Birdman, Attorney at Law, which is awesome. But oh, yeah, I, I never saw that. the original. I've never seen the original stuff. Yeah. Uh, then there was Herculoids, which was great too. That was actually one of the ones that I used to see. That and um, uh, Thundar the Barbarian, which I think was Ruby Spears, which I think is sort of a spinoff of the Hanna Barbera Studio. But yeah, I, I remember Herculoids and and Thundar were two that I saw relatively close together and liked because they were sort of similar. But Hercules is pretty cool. Moby Dick and Mighty Mitor. 
Never saw that one. Yeah. Uh, and then Fantastic Four, which is kind of cool because that seems like their first f uh, series that was based off of like a, an existing property that Marvel had. So I, I think I've seen a few episodes of that, but I've never seen like the entire thing. Did you guys see the, the 60s version of Fantastic Four? I I know I Can't saw a remember. couple episodes. A couple episodes, but not a lot. Now I kind of want to. And I, I always just kind of assumed that Fantastic Four was done by the same people that did the <clears throat> 1960s Spider-Man show. That would make sense. But it doesn't, I guess, I guess not. Yeah. Um, there's the Ban Banana Splits Adventure Hour. Which, that... I remember the... the the theme song, yeah, yeah I was gonna say song. that's the most memorable thing for me. I couldn't really tell you much about the show anymore. If and people may have heard that in the movie Kick Ass that came out recently, <laughs> they used it <laughs> yeah. in there. Yeah. Um, and then we were talking about this a little while ago, Wacky Races, which was the first crossover when they did with all their different characters from past shows like um, Dastardly and Muttley, or was were Dastardly and Muttley in the later? No, no, no they were they were. They were, you know what? They may have originated there, because we're. I don't got see their own like, show oh, from yeah, that. Yeah, because they're. Yeah, because they're later down. I think they may have originated in Wacky Races. Now, don't quote me on that, but it, obviously their show doesn't come until '69, at least as far as this entry is concerned. Yeah. So. But, yeah, I, I liked Wacky Races a lot. I thought that was cool seeing like Flintstones mixed with Yogi Bear, and I think Johnny Quest was on that too. It might have been. It might have been. Could have been. But yeah, it was interesting to see like all those mixed together. I thought that was cool. And then Scooby Doo. That was huge for me as a kid. Humongous. I watched the crap out of Scooby Doo. And that that was another series that ended up getting a ton of spinoff shows too. Yeah. Like Scrappy yeah. got his own show. And oh, it's. I mean, it, you, digging into it now because it is currently my my daughter's favorite thing in the world. Like we watch Scooby Doo every day, every morning. Can I watch Scooby Doo? Um, I just downloaded like 20 episodes to her Kindle Fire. These are 76 episodes. These are 1970s. This is stuff that's new to her. Um, it hasn't been released on DVD, but Amazon has them. And um, because we're going on a plane trip uh, next week, and I'm like, I need some new stuff. Because <laughs> we've watched these episodes so many times now, and I watched them a bunch as a kid. Um, but I just love, there's something really warm and nostalgic for me about Scooby-Doo. I don't know what it is. Just a little thing off of that, like the town that I live in right here, there's actual like replica mystery uh, van. Here. Oh, awesome. So like I'll occasionally see it going around town. And Mark, you remember uh, Nate we had on the last episode? Yeah. He had a six foot tall Scooby-Doo stuffed animal. Wow. And his girlfriend made him get rid of it. Or I can't remember the whole story, but oh, I no. guess he said the only reason, the only way he would get rid of it it was with is if they, he could give it to the van, and I guess they actually like tracked him down and they gave them the six foot tall <laughs> Scooby Doo doll to have in their mystery van. It was awesome. That is so cool. That's pretty cool. <clears throat> uh, yeah, and then going off of that, Dashley and Muttley and their flying machines, I guess, must have apparently spun off of Wacky Racers. But I, I remember I liked Muttley a lot. Muttley was great. Yeah. Uh, but that finishes the 60s. Going into the 70s, there was Josie and the Pussycats, which, like we already talked about, kind of was along the same lines of Scooby-Doo. And and then later on in the 70s, we got Jabberjaw. Well, and you also got Josie and the Pussycats in space later. Which oh, I have a stack of my Warner or my um, uh, Hanna-Barbera stuff. Some of these are bootlegs. 
but I have Josie and the Pussycats in space as a bootleg, and I have the original Josie DVD release here. And then Josie and the Pussycats is probably a precursor to Gem and the Holograms in the 80s. For sure. For sure. Which I've showed my daughter that too, being that two seasons are on Netflix Instant right now. Um, but you know what? It's funny about that show, just not too brief, just a real brief segue is I didn't realize how serialized Gem and the Holograms is. I mean, it was like I I tuned out for a couple episodes and suddenly I was like, what the heck is going on now? There's some stuff. They're making a movie. What? It's It was very strange. Anyway. Uh, yeah, and then obviously they made a live-action movie of Josephine's Pussycats, too. Which and is actually pretty good, I think. <laughs> it's underrated as a comedy. It's not as stupid as people remember. I just watched that recently. <laughs> I remember I saw that in theaters. So. I'm sure it, at the time it probably didn't go over that well, but I, I, I like it a lot more now. Yeah. It might might be worth like a, a revisit to watch it again. Uh, and then they did an animated series of the Harlem Globetrotters. <laughs> yeah. They were always showing up on stuff. They were on the Scooby Doo movies, and yeah. I think they had another appearance on something else. Yeah. I, which version of, of Scooby was that? Was that just Scooby? Um, like, I think it was called the 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 new Scooby Doo movies, and I don't see it on this timeline here. But oh yeah, in the, those... in the, yeah, in the seventies new. New yeah, Scooby- where they had had all the guest people on, and they really had like Batman on at one point. Batman, Don Knotts. Um, there's a bunch. That's one set I gotta get because yeah. I'm running out of stuff to show my little girl now, and I want to. I'll just jump into those, even though she won't know who the hell Don Knotts is. Doesn't matter. Ever <laughs> watched The Incredible Mr. Limpet first? Oh, she actually loves that. She actually. Lo- well, <laughs> strangely. Just tell him it's the same guy. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Sorry. Um, yes. Oh, uh, Pebbles and Bam Bam. Yeah. That's. Yeah. One of the first spinoffs from the Flintstones. I used to watch that. The grown-up version of Pebbles and Bam Bam. Which, I mean, did, they, did they make uh, their parents older in that? Like, I mean, did they look physically older? I don't remember. I don't think so. I think it was really just like the kids had grown up. Because I don't remember Fred looking any older. <laughs> and then I think that's also around the time where they did the that Christmas Carol version. That, or the Flintstones Christmas Carol where I think, because I, w- I want to say that Pebbles and Bam Bam were growing up in that. Yeah, I, I don't remember that one, but I'd like to see it. Uh, and then, like we were just saying, the new Scooby-Doo movies were the ones that had all the crossovers and guests on the show. And then, I remember Wait Till Your Father Gets Home, but the only thing I remember of that was the theme song to that. I don't think I ever actually saw. Yeah, that's one that's I've come to realize was a show more recently. I never knew about that one. But um, I was going to mention Help It's the Hair Bear Bunch which was a little before Scooby-Doo movies, um, was a fun show that was part of the UT. I, I saw a bunch of stuff on USA Cartoon Express, and they would run just a bunch of, you know, random syndicated stuff and help it. It was a bunch of, it was three bears that live in a zoo, and they're always trying to escape the zoo, kind of like a predecessor to Madagascar a little bit. <laughs> yeah. But you know, they had this really trip, like, tricked out, like, uh, cave where you'd flip a switch and, like, you know, a refrigerator would pop out or furniture would, a TV. And they were, they were like really hip, you know. But anyway, that was a fun one. Sorry, go ahead. That's right. uh, and then, just kind of cool, Hanna-Barbera, we already said they did Fantastic Four, which is Marvel. And then they did the Super Friends in the 70s, which is DC. So it's kind of cool that they got to work on both of those. Yeah, I love that show. That show was huge. That would have been cool if they'd ever been able to do like a crossover with, but. Yeah. That probably would have been like a whole legal thing uh and then the next thing was the theatrical film that they released in the 1973 that everybody should know what this know about this film oh, was yeah. charlotte's web from 1970 oh yeah i saw that how i can't 
even remember how many times I saw that. That was a huge movie for me. Which, me too. Which I they've made a, a live action version of that now, which is by far not anywhere near as good as no, no, as the original animated movie. And then Goober and the Ghost Ghost Chasers, which I'm assuming is knockoff. Yeah, another knockoff of Scooby Doo that they did themselves. Yeah, yeah, uh, no, I mean, I I can just really briefly run down those. I mean, like Goober and the Ghost Chasers was one. Um, you've got uh the Clue Club, which is my favorite, which isn't even on this timeline. I think it's about '76. And then there was the Funky Phantom. There was uh, the Amazing Chan and the Chan Clan, which is a really interesting show that I hadn't heard of till Warner Archives put it out. Um, uh, but but that's like Charlie Chan and like his nine kids like solve the mysteries, and they have this thing called the Chan Van, which can transform into like nineteen different vehicles. And uh, I just got that set from Warner Archive. I'm gonna re- review it on my site, but that's a fun one. And there's. There's a Speed Buggy, which is coming up in the timeline. That's another one. Um, there's more. There's just uh, there was one called Fang Face that was literally like the Scooby Doo character was replaced by this dude that would turn into a werewolf. Um, <laughs> I mean, it, it's not very good, but I've I've sort of since my little girl got into Scooby Doo, I've looked at all the spinoffs. Obviously, we talked about Jabberjaw. Um, there, you know, there's just so much. It's so funny to see how many times they did this. It would have been funny at one point if they had just done a huge crossover. Oh, with movie. all of them. Yeah, all that would have been, been, one been funny. Just like, like all the parallel characters sort of looking at each other, you know, like. Yeah, kind of like in Shaun of the Dead, where. Yes, exactly. I was just thinking of that when they were run into each other. Just walk by of... each other and give each other like weird glances. Exactly. Anyway, sorry, that, that's all that stuff. Uh, then 1973 was The Adams Family, which Adams Family's awesome. Yeah. And then. Live action film of that. Oh, those Adams is the animated Adams Family cartoon. Is that based on something, or was that just like the original incarnation of that? No, I mean they had done the '60s TV show, so I think it was just. Okay. You know, yeah, I, I can't remember which one came first. Yeah. And then uh, Hong Kong Fui. Awesome. I remember that. Scatman Brothers. It's so funny you watch that. Now I watch Hong Kong Fui, and I can't help but think of The Shining, because <laughs> Scatman Brothers. <laughs> but it's still great. I mean, I still love Hong Kong Fui. Number one super guy, that's right. uh, and that's another movie that they're gonna ma- be making into. They were gonna originally do a live action film with that, like they did with Underdog, where it was a CGI dog. Oh, Underdog. Yeah. yeah. That movie was terrible. But now I guess it's gonna be just on CG animated, like, like the entire film. So I'm glad it's gonna be done that way rather, than, instead of like oh, the way sure. they did Alvin and the Chipmunks and then like the Smurfs movies, which we're getting to the Smurfs. Uh, and there's uh, another Scooby-Doo show, Scooby-Doo and Dynamo Hour, Jabberjaw, Scooby-Doo All-Star, F-Olympics, like we were talking about earlier, which was another crossover of everybody. And then another one they did was Yogi's Space Race. Never which, saw that. I think I saw Yogi's Space Race, which was basically that Wacky Racers show in space. Jeez. <laughs> uh, Again, ripping themselves off. That's hilarious. Yeah, there's a new Popeye cartoon that they did. And then there was the Scooby-Doo and Scrappy-Doo cartoon, which I remember that one focused just like on Scooby, Shaggy, and Velma. And I don't think Fred and, no. and Daphne I hate were that. in that one. I really hate that stuff. I hate Scrappy-Doo with a passion. I don't think they were explaining why like Fred and Daphne were in that. No. And then there was the Flintstone comedy show in the 80s. And, and then they introduced the Smurfs in the 80s, which they've also done a live-action movie for that now, and they're going to be doing a sequel to that. Oh, Oh no! It's terrible. 
There's a Pac-Man animated series that they did, apparently. Oh, yeah, that's good stuff. That's another one I'm a big fan of. I mean, it's fun. It's silly, but it's fun. <laughs> Just like that and uh, Saturday Supercade, which is currently kind of not out there anywhere, but that was a mix of a bunch of um, arcade characters in the show. And then there's the new Scooby-Doo and Scrappy-Doo show. Oh, don't forget the Shirt Tales, though. Shirt, shirt Tales was a great show. That, for me, was I was a fan of the Shirt Tales. Um, uh, anyway. And then them ripping themselves off again, and within, like, three years was the Snarks. Yeah, underwater Smurfs, basically. <laughs> and Matt and I brought this up before, but look it up, Robot Chicken, Smurfs, and Snarks. It's a funny video if you guys haven't seen check that before. Check that out. <laughs> yep. That's, that's all I'll say, just check that out. Uh, 13 Ghosts of Scooby-Doo, another Scooby-Doo spinoff show. All the Scooby-Doo shows. Yeah, Flintstone Kids. I remember that, which was Barney and Fred as little kids. I don't, it was kind of like a pup named Scooby-Doo, which came later in the 80s. These must which, all be Muppet Babies inspired, I'm guessing. I mean, yeah, although which Muppet I never got the timeline for a pup named Scooby-Doo. I was like, how old is Scooby supposed to be? <laughs> and then... How how old are I know they're supposed to be teenagers in the original cartoon. Like they looked like maybe like they were like seven or eight in that. So that would make like Scooby a really old dog. <laughs> yeah. In the original, but I don't know. It's a cartoon. And then the '90s, there's the Jetsons movie, which was a theatrical feature film. Remember that? Uh, there's the second Adams Family animated series that they did. And then there's Once Upon a Forest, which was a theatrical film that they did, which, <clears throat> which I don't, I'm not, I don't think I've ever seen this, but when I saw the box art for it at one point, I thought it was a Don Bluth film. Oh, And then cool. I, I looked, yeah. I don't, but I don't think actually, I think it was directed by Gary Goldman, who did Don Bluth films with him. Um, there's Two Stupid Dogs. Remember that from Cartoon Network? I never saw that. I never saw Swat Cats. <laughs> right. I think that was like another spinoff of Top Cat, actually. Interesting. And then there's a Dumb and Dumber animated series, <laughs> which we'll eventually talk about that when we do the the um, animated live action, which that's like a whole another episode of talking about stuff that was live action that got made into animated series. That's but cool. One of the creators, uh, Phineas and Ferb, that we'll be talking eventually about in a few weeks, hopefully with the creators. Um worked on that show so i bet there's some at least gems of an episode somewhere in the series somewhere yeah, uh, an another one real briefly um the pirates of dark water which is another one i missed completely 91 to 93 and warner archive has put that out too i bought it i haven't watched it yet but i'm told it's really great i'm told it's a really good show yeah i haven't i haven't seen that one either and then like i was talked about earlier they did that updated real adventures of johnny quest as opposed to his fake adventures back in the 60s. <laughs> um, and then we kind of already talked about these. Dexter's Laboratory. These are all the cartoon cartoon ones. Johnny Bravo, Common Chicken, I'm Weasel. And then they're, pretty much their last one that they did was Powerpuff Girls in the early 2000s. Yeah. And then, it's quite think, a legacy of stuff, man. Which is weird that, that, that nothing else has come out. It's it kind of disappointed they ended with the Powerpuff Girls. <laughs> yeah, I like that show okay, but yeah, I mean, it's, there's so much. There's so much there. I mean, I really hope people that like listen to your show maybe take a little time and go back. And a lot of this stuff is on YouTube. You can watch some of these episodes oh, yeah. for these obscure um, 60s, 70s, and 80s shows on YouTube. Um, 
it's really worth digging into. I mean, I guess it's the kind of thing where it's an acquired taste, but ultimately, um, I think it, they're a lot of fun. You know, and then like go... you, yeah, and like you mentioned earlier too, if you have that that channel boomerang, a lot of these are on there too. Yeah, absolutely. All the they time. do actually play some of these still on Cartoon Network too, I think. Yeah. And I think Kurt, our, yeah, I believe Duxter, Laboratory through Powerpuff Girls are on that boomerang. Yeah. Show too, or Cartoon Network might have a second sub subdiary channel. But whatever. Uh, yeah. So that's our show for today, talking about the legacy of Hanna Barbera. Uh, don't forget you can follow us individually on Twitter. I'm at Mark Vibbert, M A R C V I B B E R T. And I'm at Questpack, Q U E S T P A C T. Or you can find. I, oh, sorry. Yeah, or you can find Brian on Twitter at Bob Freelander, B O B F R E E L A N D E R. And I also have a blog called Rupert Pupkin Speaks, where I talk about movies um, and stuff like that. A lot of older, odder films, but um, if people are into that stuff too, yeah, definitely give that. Out. Yeah, definitely give that a check out. Like Brian on the show today, we'll definitely try to get him on more in the future too. Thank you. Uh, and then you can Thanks also, for... yeah, no problem. Yeah, uh, totally awesome. If you can also follow the podcast on Twitter too at Animated Podcasts, and email us at animationfascinationpodcast at gmail dot com, and then you can visit our site at animationfascination.wordpress.com and you can be amongst the hundred plus people that have liked us on Facebook so far by searching for Animation Fascination. Uh, so for myself, I'm Mark Vibbert, Matt Quest, um, and <laughs> and our our guest Brian. Brian Sauer. Yes, thank you. I was gonna say Drake Bell again, because <laughs> I, I didn't delete that. Uh, thank you for listening, and make sure to tune in again next time. Thanks, guys. Mm-hmm.